Okay, uh, if you do not have a Bible, there's plenty on that back table. Um, and they read like mine do. The only difference is the page numbers. So tonight, like I said earlier, what we're going to be talking about, um, the Bible has hard subjects. And this is one of them, especially for you guys, because you're in the, uh, an age range where this affects you, right? <laughs> we're going to start out, we're covering 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8, but we're going to start out in 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 19 through 20. I'll read that and then we'll stand and we'll read the scripture that we're working on. So tell me about Thessalonians. Who wrote it? Thank you. Sam. Uh, where? Jail, right? That's usually the standard answer 97% of the time. How about to whom? Whom did he uh, write it to? Thank you, sir. Do we know when? Nobody? My man. Exactly right. 49 to 51 between that time, right? And there's a bunch of letters that he wrote at the same time, okay? So I want to read this, and then we'll get into what we normally do by reading Scripture aloud with each other. But 1 Corinthians, this will make sense. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. If you can get there, go ahead. If not, just listen. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? That's pretty cool. Whom you have from God, you are not your own. For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. That'll make sense as we go along. All right, as we do every week with God's word, please stand. And I'm going to read it to avoid the giggles. We are in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8. All right, here we go. Here's God's word. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8 says, Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact uh, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. <laughs> For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control this his own body <clears throat> in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lust like the heathen uh, who do not know God and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. <laughs> the Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you for God did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects instruction does not reject man but God who gives you the Holy or gives you his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come tonight, Lord, to say thank you, God, for your stay. We ask you to be with us as we read through your word, Lord, and we just ask to grow with you, God. We love you. It's just one to pray. Amen. Give it up for Brenton. Coming in clutch. Let's go. So, fun fact, I think Brenton was one of my original students in uh, the seventh grade, I think, um, which is pretty cool. So, like I said, tonight we're going to be discussing some, some wild stuff, but I want to give you, uh, it's going to be easier to explain to you what, the Thessalon what Thessalonica was going through, or the church at Thessalonica was going through, if I explain to you what Thessalonica was like. Who in here knows who the Greek goddess Aphrodite is? Hmm. Brock, can you say it loud enough for everybody to hear you? Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, she was, uh, so I, I wrote it down. Right, so I wrote here, I said, Thessalonica is a major trade city, a hub of the Roman Empire. The Romans believed in the Greek goddess Aphrodite, who was the goddess of love. Oh, but there's more. Lust, beauty, pleasure, passion, procreation. She was worshipped by the locals, and people were encouraged to engage in immoral sexual conduct. I didn't read that wrong. They were encouraged to engage in this, right? And it says uh, there were actually temples and places dedicated to doing this, which is mind-blowing. So, verses 1 and 2. It says, finally then, brothers, we are asked, we ask you to, ur- we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk uh, and please God, just as you are doing that you do so more, or that you do more and more, more and more. Like your, what he's trying to say here is like your walk doesn't end at the end of the sidewalk, basically, right? There's, there's, there's more past that. So there's no, there's no clear end. This side of death, there's no clear end to our sanctification. We will continue to do it up until the day we die. Just the way it works out, right? This is what Paul is telling the church at Thessalonica, that your road is not ending. You must keep going. We've all seen the Wizard of Oz, or most of us, that were brought up in that era. It's not the yellow brick road. This thing never stops, right? Excuse me. But... We have to remember this is Paul encouraging the church that he's been encouraging. We're already in the fourth chapter of this book, and this is the church that he continues to build up. And now he's asking them to do more and more. So if you look, he talks about brothers, and he's specifically talking to each, he's calling each person out, but not going like, hey, Dave, hey. He's calling them out. If you turn to Philippians 4 9, it says, uh, Philippians 4.9 reads like this. 4.9 reads like this. He says, what you have learned and you have received and you've heard and you've seen in me. Practice these things and God and the God of peace will be with you. And if you look at Corinthians uh, or Colossians 2.6, he reads it. It reads like this. And these are just reminders of what they've been told. And it says uh, in 2.6, it says, therefore, you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord. So walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Hmm. So 1 Thessalonians, which I think I went over this verse, 1 Thessalonians 2.12, it says, We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you <laughs> to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Verse 2 <laughs> of 1 Thessalonians 4 reads, For you know... What instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. They weren't, these weren't recommendations. So let's, let's, let's clear that up, right? He's not saying, hey, we think that you should probably do this. We think that maybe it would be a good idea if you did this. Some of the Bibles will read, some of the uh, interpretations or some of the, what's the word, uh, translations read commandments or commands. These are commands from the Lord through Paul. Not a suggestion, right? So if you move into verse 3. It says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Who remembers what sanctification is? Wow, Mr. Chad. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Get the giggles out if you got them. 
What it means to be sanctified is to be set apart. I'm different. I'm not like you. That's extremely hard in your age group. So, here we go. And it says in verse 4, it says uh, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. There's some uh, translations out there that have body, say vessel, and there's some there's actually a discussion today between me and Mr. Chad uh, about what it means, a vessel or a body. Is it talking about my body or is it talking about my vessel? Some of the translations talk about a wife. If you have your Bible app open or you're on your phone and you can scroll over from what you're doing and look at the Bible app, you'll see that some of them have an additional thing that says, or it's in like a marriage or in wife. I'm not sure what it says. I can't remember, but we have to remember that we control it says, I'll read it again. It says, what each one of us, you know, you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Well, where do we learn how to control our body in holiness and honor? Hey, right on. Right here. Right? The Bible. God's instruction. It's God's word. Right? So if you move into, into verse 5, here's where some separation comes in. Verse 5 reads this. It says, Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Uh, Brenton said heathen. Um, and we have, we'll talk about this a little bit at the end, but we have glorified being heathens. Society has. If you're not sure what a heathen is, it's I live by no laws, I do what I want, and a lot of it has to do with sexual immorality, and it's got a lot to do with how you carry yourself, and it's cool, that guy's an outlaw, that guy's a rebel. The biggest outlaw and the biggest rebel right now are you. If you're a Christian, you are a rebel. Because you're going against everything that society is putting against you. When we talk about these things like sanctification, we talk about these things like sexual immorality, we talk about sexual purity, we talk about walking in honor of God. You're a rebel. The 65-ish people that are in here, uh, young men and women that are in here, you're here for a reason. Like... Take the number of people that are in here and compare it to the population of your school, which is probably like a bazillion. You guys are a very small footprint in your schools. But what does God tell us to do? He tells us, Jesus tells us that we need to be a reflection. We need to be the light in a dark place. So when we start to learn about these subjects, they may be hard for you. Some of you may be dealing with this. Adults deal with this. Our modern day Aphrodite is held in our hands. I guarantee you, if you're on any kind of social media, even on the internet, it doesn't take much to get an ad. It doesn't take much to get prompted to look at something. There's a guy named John Piper. He likes to yell. I don't think I'm yelling. I just think I project. But he likes to talk very loudly. And he talks about five, the five-second rule, not like eating. You drop something on the floor. And look, if the floor is clean, it's not really five seconds. It's like a minute and a half. Like M&M's, candy coated, dust them off. You're good to go. But uh, if it's sticky, stick with like 30 seconds. But what he's talking about in five seconds, I have five seconds to make a decision. Am I going to stay and look at this or am I going to keep scrolling? 
Like when I think I got the Facebook algorithm figured out and I get all that stuff off my Facebook because I look at cooking videos and guys rebuilding cars and some guy that does woodworking and sells it for way too much. I think I've got my algorithm figured out and I, I figured out and I don't get to see those pictures. They pop up. Guess whose choice it is to stop and look at that picture? Me. So you have five seconds. You have five seconds to choose. Are you going to stop and take a second look? Or are you going to keep scrolling by? Interesting. Verse six reads like this. It says there no one. So I'll read five and then end to six, but we'll cover six. It says, not in the passion or of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgresses and transgresses and wrongs his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. I don't know why it wasn't in the movies. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. So I, I said that because I thought about this like a lot. Like if he was in the movies, it would be like one movie, right? Because he'd be done. But when it says, he says the Lord is like an avenger, what is he talking about? He's talking about it's not our issues to deal with. If you are like my kids and listen to true crime podcasts or watch, uh, I don't know, any Law and Order or any kind of crime show, there's usually something that results, there's usually a murder, a death, a something that results from a brother transgressing another brother, a man transgressing another man with that man's wife, vice versa, do the math, it's not ours to sort out, right? It says it right here, it says, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. In two weeks, I'll be discussing uh, eschatology, eschatological stuff. Look it up. Um, and you'll see kind of where that will take hold. But I wrote here, I said, when we are sexually immoral, we take advantage and defraud others and we cheat them in greater ways than we can imagine. Those are, those are huge words. Think about it. We're sexually immoral. We take advantage of and defraud others and we cheat them in greater ways than we can imagine. So let's break this down. Let's break down verse 7. There's two commandments in particular that I kept looking up. Uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. And thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, among other things. So why, why did I write this down? It was something I, actually something I, I wrote down in, I think it was one of my expository books or even off of the internet. But it hit me because it breaks down verse 6 so well. But it shows us that if we, that me, that if we as a single person are sexually immoral, it doesn't just affect me. So let's do the domino chain. It happens to me. It doesn't only affect me. It affects my bride of 22 years. My kids. The person that it happens with. Husband, kids, family. I've seen too many marriages uh, be destroyed, absolutely destroyed by this. Now, that's a big thing to say to you guys because you're only in middle school and high school. And I don't hear any planning. I don't hear anybody planning weddings soon. But 
we have to remember that there's repercussions. And uh, there's a, a saying, and um, there's a saying that a small pebble will create a wave at the shore. You know what that means? So this small thing that I've done, this tiny rock, I've dropped it in a pond. I've dropped it in a lake. And it's a small ripple. Well, those ripples will build. And they will continue to build from the, from the starting point where it was just a small ripple will continue to build into gigantic waves. Right? A small earthquake in the ocean can cause a tsunami that can level countries, that can level islands. Small things that we do in our lives affect us. Well, it's no different from this. It's that stopping on that, stopping on that page, looking at that picture, watching that video. Well, nobody's here. I can watch that video. It's okay. Nobody can see me. I'm not trying to scare you. I, re I really am not. Because, I mean, as adults, we suffer with this stuff too, right? But I want you to remember that you're not the only one affected by it. The dark rooms that you live with, the times that you wait for people to not be around, that's something that you have to address. But then we get to talk about repentance, sincere repentance. Well, what does that mean? That doesn't mean saying sorry, like veering off the road, be like, man, I shouldn't do this. And then keep going straight kind of around it, but it's still on the road. True repentance is turning around, walking away from it, cutting it off from your life. If I, I meant to write down the verse passage and I didn't, I apologize. But if your eye commits a sin, cut out your eye, your hand, cut your hands off. If there's things in your life that are causing you to sin, get rid of them. Not your hands, your eyes. I don't need that kind of letter from a parent. But if your phone is causing it for you, get rid of it. If an app you have on your phone physically right now is causing you to sway that way, get rid of it. Some of you have seen my phone. Like I, this, is no, this, is, this is me being 100% honest with you guys. I struggle with getting locked into my phone. I got a small, smooth brain. I start to look at my phone. Two hours later, my feet are asleep. Here I am. I have an app on my phone where I have no icons. Shiny pictures don't attract me. Cool. And so I have to type in something, physically type it in. Luckily, I'm a good speller to find an app to go to it. And then I have a timer that says, it really says, do you really want to open this app? Like, yes, phone, I want to open this app. It's a hunt app. I need to find out what time sunset is or whatever the case may be. But I have inserted that into my life to create a barrier that I have to think about. It caused me to go, hey, do I really need to jump on Facebook again? Am I really going to take this long in the bathroom where I need to spend two hours looking at reels? Right? I've tried to, like I said before, I've tried to create that algorithm shift where I get all these other cool videos well, then I end up looking at 30 minutes of videos of a guy making million-dollar stuff out of wood. I picked the wrong profession. That's all I'm saying. So if we move into, and this leads to verse 7, right? Verse 7 reads like this. It says, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Let's go Old Testament. Leviticus 18. Some good stuff here. And uh, if you want to go to sleep easy, read Leviticus. Um, but Leviticus 18, 1 through 5, I'll read it. Enjoy. But the title of my book says, Unlawful Sexual Relations. 
And I'm only reading the first five verses because read the rest on your own. Leviticus 18.1 reads like this. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, uh, to which I am bringing you. He says, You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules. Keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. That's weird. If a person does them, he shall live by them. Let's talk about habits. So if I set that habit, if I set that habit where I have to get to certain parts of my phone and I put those barriers in front of me or I remove those apps from my phone and I can only access them if I'm at a computer that's a habit it's cool eventually I won't have access to a computer for a weekend because I usually just get on it at work and then now that's two days without doing what I wanted to do and if I have to physically go to this website I have logged out on my phone so I have to log in every time like I'm telling you 100% real stuff here And so I've created these barriers and I'm one of those, it's got to be fast or I'm not interested. Again, smooth brain. So if it takes me too long to get to, I'll get frustrated and do something else. This is how I'm built. Um, What is it? What do you say? I'm built different. But like if, if I have those things in my way, I've created those habits to where I'm like, this isn't worth it. I'll go do something else. Right. And so when he's talking about when, when, when God's talking to Moses, he's talking like, if you follow these, you, you will do these, these commandments, these rules, these laws, not suggestions or, you know, you might want to's like, this is what he's telling us to do. But are we perfect? All together. Hey, good job. Nice job, Lena. Right. We're not. We're not. But we have the opportunity to go to Christ and repent. That doesn't mean like on Tuesday, I'm like, man, I just messed up. God, I'm sorry. I promise I won't do that again. And you're like, man, this is awesome. And then like Wednesday morning, you're like, well, I mean, it was 12 hours. I mean, I took a break. Let me get back into it. Right. We create those habits. Those habits become our act. This is our habits become the way we live our lives. It's pretty cool. And so uh, verse eight reads, uh, therefore, whoever disregards this, pay attention to this verse. Verse eight reads, therefore, whoever disregards this disregards, not man, but God who gives his Holy spirit to you. And read it again, because it's, it's pretty heavy, right? And it says, therefore, whoever disregards this Disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. We talked in the beginning about being rebels. We talked uh, about being set apart. It's part of our sanctification. It's what we do when we walk with the Lord. We're different people. We're rebuilt different 
if you've been saved or you've given your life to Christ, there's some discussions that I've had with some of you in here, uh, my students, uh, middle school boys especially, you notice things. You start to pick things up that are bad. Something that you didn't pick up before. And you, there's an awareness because you, you're washed in the blood of Christ. You've been baptized. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Like, that's awesome. You know who my dad is? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you read a verse like verse 8, it's super heavy. Uh, Pastor Kevin Cannell, if you don't know him, he's amazing. And his son, sons and daughter are awesome. And they'll be at Dino. But Pastor Kevin, I go out there and I talk to him. And uh, I've struggled with this. I'm not going to lie. I've struggled with this sermon for how long have I known I was going to preach it? Like, I don't know, a month. And so, like, I wrote my last one and focused on this one before my last one was even done because of what I had to talk about because I know it's heavy stuff. But Pastor Kevin tonight, <laughs> he summed it all up. He said, let, let God's word do the heavy lifting. Right? So when you read verse 8, and it's like a kick in the face. But when you read verse 8, it says, Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God. Who gives his Holy Spirit to you? You guys have, you'll leave here in 20 minutes, 25 minutes. If I go long, my bad. You'll go back to your friend groups tomorrow. Those are the men or the women who he's talking about. The accolades, the I did this, the you won't believe this stories. They get people excited. But like I said, we are rebuilt different. Today, uh, I wasn't going to talk about this, and this might be tough for me, and that's cool. But today, uh, this was right before I was leaving work, and uh, the guy that this is concerning doesn't listen to this, so we're good. But uh, right before I was leaving work, um, I said, hey, I'm preaching tonight about sexual impurity and sexual immorality. And he says, you know who needs that? And I'm thinking he's being funny. He's like, like me or him. And he's like my son. Well, I know his son. Same age as my kids. And I'm like, what do you mean? And so he tells me the story. And like the 15-year-old me was like, no way, bro. But... The 45-year-old Mr. Corey was heartbroken. It's the truth. I have kids that are the same age as his kids. And to hear the story, the hard part was for me was that the dad wasn't celebratory. It was like, what do I do? What do I do now? You know, like, and like he could visibly see that I was, I wasn't upset. I was just, I wasn't disappointed. It was probably a combination of a few things. But he's like, hey man, you can't have anxiety for me. <laughs> I 100% can. Like, I was crushed. Should I have been? Maybe not. But I, I was crushed. Because all, I see every single one of you Sundays and Wednesdays and out in towns and Listen, I love y'all. 
There's adult leaders that love you and we care about you like you would never understand. And to hear stories like this and the reaction of the adults in their lives, I'm just heartbroken. And you go back to this passage here, just reading this passage to somebody. Like, hey, this is what they dealt with. The Greek goddess Aphrodite was the goddess of pretty much everything terrible. It was encouraged to pay homage to the goddess. And like I said before, you're dealing with that with the phones in your hands, with the phone that's recording this sermon. It's the same thing. So I want to close with this. I had a couple adults read this, and I want to close with this. And like I said, you guys, I love you. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to be mean and be hateful. But what I'm trying to tell you is that there's adults that love you. And if you are suffering from this stuff, talk to us. That's what we're here for. Right? And if not, there's a pastor. But I wrote this down, and I had two adults read it. And I'm going to read this straight to you. And it says, so this, so this is some heavy stuff. That's what I was thinking about as I was closing out. And I got two verses I want to read to after this. But it says, so this is heavy stuff. Some of you may be struggling as I'm talking, and that's okay. But understand that there's purity in the Lord. And when we walk right beside Him, especially with other believers, it becomes easier. Are you prepared to ask yourself every time you're interested in someone if you're willing to marry them? We have exhorted or we have promoted sexual impurity in our society and we've promoted relationships without marriage because people feel it is unneeded. Well, not in the sight of the Lord or according to his commandments. So Romans 12, uh, 2 reads like this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's purity in the Lord. First Peter 5.8 reads like this. Some of you might know this. It says, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Verse 9 reads, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. I, I, I put verse 9 in there for that reason. And I want you to consider that a reminder that if you think you're going through something, you are not the only one. I guarantee you, there's adults that love you. Your friend groups love you. Don't let this stuff eat you, right? There's purity in the Lord. And that's awesome. If you don't have that relationship, if you haven't been rebuilt different. There's adults that would love to talk to you. If you have questions, talk to somebody. If you're dating somebody and you're not willing to marry that person, why are you dating that person? That might burn for some people in here. But it is what it is. These are the questions we have to ask ourselves when we live our day-to-day lives. And it's one of those things we do with our walk with Christ. And like I said before, I'm not trying to scare you. I want that relationship 
to blossom between you and Christ. And if this is something you struggle with, let's fix it. I mean, I can't make you perfect, but we can talk about it and work on it. We love you. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, Lord, just to say thank you. Lord, thank you for the opportunity just to speak tonight, God. Thank you for the words. Thank you for uh, everything you've done for us, Lord. Thank you for your providence. Thank you for the students that are in this room that uh, got to listen to it, Lord. I pray if there's anybody in here that doesn't have a relationship with you and is seeking one or has questions, that they seek out an adult and talk to him, Lord. I pray that you're heavy on everybody's heart in here, including mine tonight, God, as we go and we have these things to think about. Lord, we love you. It's just what we pray. Amen.